Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Happy New Year. Welcome back to our very first episode of 2021. We're finally out of 2020. And you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in. Fitting in. <laughs> Feeling quote unquote normal. Also comparing yourself to others, your friends even, are all thoughts that come up regularly from all of you writing to us. And I mean, let's be honest, nothing feels normal during a pandemic, but there is still an even greater need to feel accepted even if you are only socializing on Zoom. If I'm trying to fit in, then it feels like I'm kind of hiding myself and doing something wrong. I look around and there's like, I know the people like me that look like me. That desire to be normal, to be like everyone else, does make me feel like I found fault within myself that whenever like, I wanted to other, speak up or say something, that's a factory in me because if I'm fitting in and I'm not trying. You're going through life and it's tough, but what's gonna happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. My guest today is Heron, a 17-year-old who wanted to be accepted so much that she felt that she had to play down her own self, including her own culture to fit in. So let's hear her story. My name is Heron. I'm 17 and I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. As I was growing up, it was hard for me to kind of let my colors show so for example like once a girl like complained about like the smell that came out of my lunchbox because I was you know packing like traditionally Korean meals after that I like vowed to never bring any like kind of Korean food to lunch again you know always packing like peanut butter and jelly or something so I feel like especially maybe like sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade I really felt like I was kind of fitting into what the world was classifying me as. So for example, you know, calling me um, a banana, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Um, Instead of saying that that was something wrong, I just went ahead and laughed with it. And I guess I didn't even realize that it was something like that was very terribly insulting to me and my culture. And I think in a way like that put myself down and made me even more afraid to kind of talk about who I was. I was always really ashamed of having a foreign and Korean traditional name. Um, And there were so many times where I just like wanted to change my name to Esther, Aaron, or something that was just more easily pronounced um, and something more Americanized. I did really find myself 
diminishing myself and diminishing my culture and my upbringing to kind of fit in with my friends, um, people that didn't look like me that I wanted to, you know, impress or be friends with. Um, and that was just a lot of like my middle school experience. I think late middle school, early high school, um, I was invited to one of my best friends' house. Hello. Like she was the kind of friend that I thought we would grow up together. And she was just someone that was so close to me. And I think this was the first time I went over to her house and met one of her parents that I hadn't met before. We we're just discussing like, you know, what, what are you interested in? What do you like to do? Like, what do you want to be in the future? Like, I remember them saying that, like some offhanded remark about me not wanting to be a doctor, you know, like every other, like every other Asian um, stereotype. I'd been getting these jokes a lot at school um, and just like seeing things on the internet, but that never really bothered me as much as it had when it came from, you know, my best friend's parents' mouth. It really hurt me just because I couldn't believe that someone that I was so close to and trusted so much and, you know, like thought knew everything about me and even like someone related to her would say something like that to me. So I actually did like fight back a little bit um, and I was like, why do you think that's funny? Why is that funny? Um, and I think from that, it helped me kind of open my eyes to who I am, even if I didn't really fully know who I was yet. And I think from that, it helped me learn that, um, first of all, you feel so much better kind of acknowledging those problems instead of just on your own, you know, thinking about it in the shower, writing it down in your diary. Um, but it also kind of helped me realize that there are still so many people that are, um, you know, insensitive. Maybe they haven't had that kind of experience before or had gone through their entire lives without being corrected like that. But I think it's so important for you to use your identity as a catalyst for those kind of difficult conversations. It was a really eye-opening experience for me and how I should be um, kind of addressing situations like these in the real world that I'd gone my entire life without addressing ever before and kind of just playing along with it and diminishing myself in return. I think, you know, going from being a girl who was so shy, um, about speaking up, being ashamed of my name and everything, to becoming someone that was really outspoken. And I think that was such a drastic shift in my personality and who I really am. And I think in a way it did help me find a little bit more about who I am and what I'm proud to be and a little bit more about my identity, you know, being Asian in America. And it was something that I never would have saw myself doing as, you know, just like a fourth grader being made fun of. When I was at the latter end of my elementary school days, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, um, popularity was like everything to me, you know, like being um, liked by all the boys and all the teachers and all the girls even. Um, so everyone's just trying to like do their best to fit in. You aren't differentiating yourself in any way just because you don't know how anyone will react to that. About to start my senior year of college, um, you know, maybe I've lost a few friends on the way, but I think kind of understanding who I am, you know, where I come from, what my name means, um, how I look like, all of that has kind of helped me grow and mature because nothing I can do can really change, you know, my skin color or my name, but 
understanding more about who I am has helped me kind of break away from needing to fit into this one stereotype, trying to be popular. When I was younger, I always wanted to make sure that I seemed a lot older than I actually was. It was hard for me to talk to my parents because I didn't, for some reason, I just didn't think that they would understand what I was going through, um, which I was like completely wrong because my parents have been here so much longer than I have, and they've also definitely faced a lot more adversity um, when it comes to race, especially when they were um, growing up in America in a time that was completely less accepting than it is now. If I could tell my younger self something, it would be to... Um, be okay with not knowing how you feel about things. If you feel like even the slightest way that something that was said to you was just not right, thinking about it, writing about it even. I know like as a little girl, I loved to keep a diary and that's something I would have never told my friends. But writing everything down in a diary and kind of processing how you really felt about that is so, so, so important to building um, your growth. Another thing would also be to not be afraid to correct others you know it's really scary thinking that someone will you know not be your friend anymore after you say something to them but I know like growing up helped me realize that if they can't accept me for something that I said then they weren't my friend to begin with especially like something that I felt being a girl and also being Asian at the same time is hearing the stereotypes of you know like, oh, like, you don't want to be a doctor. You want to go into politics? Like, that's crazy. No, like, Asian woman is in politics. I think hearing all of those kind of made me reconsider. I was like, oh, yeah, like, maybe I should consider that. Like, maybe that fits me better. Maybe I'm being too ambitious. I really wish that I knew myself a little bit more at those times. But I think that knowing that it's okay to be the first, if you haven't heard about you know, for example, many Asian women in politics. And I would suggest, you know, looking into it, finding those kind of role model figures. If they haven't been prevalent enough in your life, like you can be that role model figure for others. You can do it. Like you can reach those goals as long as you set them and you can shoot high and aim for the stars um, and really have those ambitious dreams. I know if I were younger and could hear everything that I was saying now, I would just, I don't know, completely like live my life differently if I were to choose to take that advice. So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We asked you on our Instagram account, We Got You Show, to submit anonymous questions about any and all your issues, and we had lots of responses. Thank you, and keep that up for the coming episodes. Our audience-submitted questions are about fitting in and what that means to you. For today's panel of experts, Heron is also joined by Isabella, who was featured on a previous episode. So here's the first question. My parents don't understand my struggles with my friends. They tell me to grow up and just deal with it. How do I make them take me seriously and understand what I'm going through? I think kind of when dealing with like the having having troubles with friends and then trying to get support from your parents, I think um, 
you know, it can be super helpful um, to have support from your parents if you're feeling like disconnected from your peer group. Um, and I think your parents can sometimes be a great resource for that because they've probably gone through similar things. You know, they were once your age, but I think to get parents to listen, um, obviously it depends a lot on your situation, but um, I think just kind of highlight how you feel and kind of, you know, share your feelings with your parents. And I think if you open up on that, like I'm feeling alone, I'm feeling isolated, or I feel like I can't connect to, to these group of people, um, they can probably offer some advice or help you, you know, figure out if you want to transition to a new friend group. Definitely just sitting down and having open and honest dialogue. And uh, if you can take the first step, Sometimes your parents will just kind of follow your tone and go along with that too. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like it's also, you know, when you're younger, your parents still see you sometimes as like the little kid that they've been raising for your entire life. So I feel like they really need to see your maturity. And I think that also goes in hand with, you know, like sitting them down, like telling them exactly how you feel and being kind of raw with your emotions as well. Cause I think it shows them that you're not just like this little kid who has like these petty problems, but you know, the things that you're going through are really real. Make them see you as the person that you are and the feelings that you're going through is super important. Why do you think it's hard to talk to your parents or tell your parents about what's going on in your life when you're a middle schooler? I feel like um, it can be really hard to kind of articulate even to yourself at that point in, in your life, kind of who you are and kind of, I notice and even with my, within my own experience, like you have a, a part of yourself that you show to your parents, you have a part of yourself that you show to your friends and maybe they're a little different. And so I think when you try to separate those things, sometimes the authenticity of who you are as a person can kind of get compromised. It is hard because sometimes you're dealing with things that you don't think your parents understand that you want to conceal from them. Um, so a lot of that is individual work. But I would stress that, the, the, that as much of a support group as you can build and as large as that can be can make the experience a lot easier than trying to go through it yourself. Right. And I feel like even in my life, like having immigrant parents, I definitely thought that like they never went through what I went through. So they wouldn't understand. But, you know, like getting that sit down time and really telling them what was going on. I think like my mom was like, I had that same problem when I was in high school back in Korea. And I was like, wow, like, I guess I didn't like it didn't click for me that my parents would have gone through the same things. But, you know, kind of stressing what Isabella said, having like that kind of support system. Um, cause you know, as like human beings, as people, like you'd be surprised, you know, how many shared experiences we have. And like, I can say that almost like 99% of people have definitely gone through friendship struggles, relationship struggles. So all of that, you know, can be a shared experience as long as you really come out and say it. If I could ask my older self a question, what would it be? What do you love about yourself? You know, what do you like about yourself? You know, if four years later, I can feel like so in tune with, you know, those experiences of my middle school self. I think a lot of the kind of insecurities that, that start there, um, though we don't resolve, they kind of definitely stay with you. You know, I think that's kind of a lot of the times where those types of things start, where that little voice in your head kind of gets so much more power. So I think, you know, it's really important as a middle schooler to just to try as, as best you can to kind of um, understand yourself and connect with others. If I was middle school me asking my future me, I would ask 
does it get better? And I know that's, you know, a common experience and a common thing that we think about whenever we're going through a hardship. Um, and to answer that, I would say yes and no. Obviously, like, you know, you will continue facing things in your life. I know for me, like what I talked about in my episode a lot was racism and, you know, racism doesn't just go away, but, you know, it's learning how to um, encounter those obstacles, you know, how to counteract them, how to respond to them even, and kind of figuring that out and learning really does, you know, come a long way and really shows you how you know, it does get better in a sense that you understand how to acknowledge these problems, but, um, you know, they still exist and that's okay. Um, because, you know, you're able to overcome them and you know, you know, how to tackle those problems as well. What do I do if I feel like I have to change myself to fit in? I think it's a common experience that when you try to conceal those parts, you know, they don't go away you just kind of end up suffering a little bit more. Um, So I would say, you know, kind of embrace what makes you feel different. If you feel like you're not in an environment where that's being celebrated, maybe think about how you're going to create that environment for yourself or try to find an environment where they will celebrate that. That's so interesting because I've never really thought about it in that way, you know, like concealing yourself, but that is, that is really true. Um, Kind of going off of that, I think it's, so important to recognize how awesome you are, how cool you are, you know, how unique you are, because everyone, you know, is unique in their own ways and you shouldn't have to really like conform to something, you know, just to fit in and devalue yourself in the process. Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning into We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for our next episode where we speak to an anonymous teenager who speaks about her battle with depression and the importance of overcoming her feelings and thoughts about suicide. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at wegotyoushow or visit us at wegotyoushow.com. If you need to speak with someone about any issue you are facing, Youthline is a hotline you can call for help 24-7. Dial 877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to 839863. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Libman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mix by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, We Got You.
Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.